on this episode of Monster X Radio. That place gave me the creeps in the daytime. Yeah, different vibe once you walk into those trees. And there's a big knock that's closer to the recorder than them. And you guys never heard that. I don't know if he woke the dead, but he uh, sure seemed to get a response. And then there's silence for about five minutes. And then you hear it walking away in the ferns. Bigfoot, Skunk Ape, Grassman, Sasquatch. Just a few of the names given to the primate-like creature said to roam the woods and remote areas of North America. Tales of this elusive being go back for hundreds of years. Is it mere myth and legend? Or is there truly something more tangible to this phenomenon? Join us on this journey as we discuss the science behind the encounters, the research, and the evidence, keeping you updated on the latest findings, ideas, and hypothesis. Arrogance gets us nowhere, and closing one's eyes doesn't make things disappear, nor less real. Today's myth could be tomorrow's reality. It's time to make this subject matter less taboo. Welcome to Monster X Radio. Bigfoot without the BS. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Monstrex Radio. I've got Todd Hale with me, Chris Spencer, and Rebecca Slick. And we're going to talk tonight about some of our experiences in southwestern Washington. Last year, we, we did a lot of research and investigation out in one particular area. And the reason we were out in this area is because a gentleman and a good friend and fantastic investigator by the name of Barcatino does an annual trip out to Washington every year, and we go all around the place. We go up to the Olympics. We go to different areas in Washington, and Bart plans his trip, and a bunch of other individuals actually come out from around the country, and we all get together, and we research an area, investigate the area, do a lot of thurming, a lot of audio work, and we also just get to catch up with each other, which is fantastic. And that's where we're going to delve in tonight. We're going to delve into uh, some of our experiences recent experiences, uh, at least from last year, in an area of southwestern Washington, as I mentioned. And so uh, welcome to the show, guys. Glad you all can be here. Howdy. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. During this time, I had, a, a well, one of our old mutual friends, David Hallett, out from uh, Massachusetts area, out from New England area. He came out to head up with me up to Mount Hood, to an area of interest where I had an, an experience back in 2011. And we were going to break up our trip into two parts, uh, spend half our time up in the Mount Hood area and it down in Oregon. And then our other half of our trip up in southwestern Washington at a location that has a rich 
history of Sasquatch activity, especially uh, with the ind individuals like Kirk Brandenburg. He's got a longstanding history of investigating this area. And, but it was all on our radar. I know Chris has investigated this area quite a bit, and I've been down in this area before. Chris, you know, relatively speaking, not too far away from some of your other areas of interest, but can you talk a little bit about the history of this area and why this area is kind of a unique area and why we all ended up there? From what I know is uh, I've gone out a lot with Nathaniel Bronis in 2017 and uh, 2018, and we were actually going to an area further east of this particular area, but this area for years um, had a lot of activity and both Nathaniel and Kirk had some pretty intense experiences in the area in the past for whatever reason, because it, I, I think it was more of logistics. Um, the, they chose to go there this last summer. No one's really been in there in a while because they did some logging, uh, I think in 2015 or 16 and all the activity pretty much shut down. There was, there hasn't been activity there for several years. The, the logistics part was to meet up in that area. And I think they were keeping it open to possibly move and um, head further east into some other areas that me and Nathaniel have worked. So it just happened that stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the things about this area is there was a certain individual and by individual. I mean, there was a certain type of Sasquatch that was seen periodically over the years in this area, repeatedly by multiple individuals. Uh, and then you got that aspect and you have just a longstanding history of vocals and percussives in this area and other sightings. Uh, and it's, it's got a lot of bodies of water around it. You got a lot of clear cuts, but you do have a lot of hills and you have a lot of tree line, a lot of timber still up in this area. And you get into this area and it's, uh, and I know I could speak for most of you guys, you get actually into the woods of this area and it's, it's a different feeling. It's kind of spooky. It's, it's just different. And uh, it makes it really kind of special because it's just different than certain areas I've worked in over the years. It's fascinating based on the amount of wildlife in this area. I mean, we've recorded a lot of known animals in this area, elk and, you know, deer and coyotes and owl. And there's a ton of water, wildlife and resources. So this area is just a great area to be in, generally speaking, especially if you're into camping and hiking, let alone into the Sasquatch research. So David Hallett, like I was speaking about earlier, David Hallett came out with me and we spent quite a few days up in the Mount Hood area and we made it down to this uh, southwestern Washington area to meet up with Barcatino and Kirk Brandenburg and the group that we had out there. And I believe we made it out there on the Wednesday and met up with you, Rebecca. And we spent a couple of nights camped out in one particular location based on the stuff that's happened at this one campsite, historically speaking. And up until we got there, until we got up to that camp spot, you know, having arrived on the Wednesday, we did a little rehash with the group like Kip and Kirk, you know, asking them, did you guys have any activity while we were, you know, weren't present, weren't here? And they had a couple experiences, some vocals, but relatively speaking, it was pretty quiet from what I gathered from the gang. It was pretty quiet. They didn't have a whole lot going on. So like I said, Rebecca, we went out to a camp spot and camped out there with the hopes of doing audio recording and some, some tracking and everything else, hiking around. And for those that are listening to the show, we had multiple campsites. You know, we had a, a, a semi-large group and people were, some people were remote camping. There was one main base camp and we were outside of this base camp, actually away from just about everybody at, at this particular camp. 
but really didn't have much happen, you know, for, for the first couple of nights in this particular camp spot. I mean, was that your experience, Rebecca? Yeah, it's, I think mostly what we had happen were the Bardells. That was the most exciting <laughs> thing in that area, <laughs> which was still exciting because they came pretty close to camp and we got that recorded. I got that recorded, but not what we were expecting to have happen, but animals nonetheless. So, Todd, what was your experience getting out there? Uh, you know, I, I can't remember. Was that your first time out in this area? First time. First time. Yeah. Ever since I, well, I had heard about this place years ago. Ever since I've been in Washington, I hadn't been out there because there wasn't much going on there. So I was pretty pumped to get out there. And when I got out there, it was a pretty cool place. A lot different feeling than what we usually do. Like you said, the woods there are different. They're a lot older. Yeah. Different vibe once you walk into those trees. <laughs> Absolutely. And overall, we really didn't have much happen. Didn't get much on therm, not much animal life at all. Uh, didn't re- hear anything much and didn't record much other than some known animal life. And it was at that point, after a couple of days of being out in this area, we decided, uh, having talked with Kirk and a few others, to maybe start looking for other camp spots. Well, David Hallett and I were out in this area, and we were out in this area, and we were talking uh, at the, the main base camp. We were discussing of things that we could change up, places we can go. And there was, there was another camp spot not too far away from the camp we were camping at that time, in that point in time. And so David Howell and I decided to drive out to this location and hike in and see what we could stir up, see what we could see, see what we could hear. And we went into this location a little bit after nine. And as we're hiking down there, it was really quiet. And it's, it's, a good, it's a good little hike. It's a good walk, especially if you're carrying gear. We were going into this area. We weren't going to camp. We were going to hike, go in and out, but spend a lengthy period of time recording and maybe trying to solicit something. Because we're getting closer and closer to the end of our trip. And we thought, well, shoot, let's go check out this other location where there's been, you know, stuff has happened in this area. So David Howell and I walk out to this location and we're, we hike in there in the dark and we hunkered down and we were listening. And there really wasn't much going on. It was pretty quiet. We heard the, the owls again. And uh, one thing about David Howell is he's a, a musician by trade. I mean, not by trade, but he's, he's a talented musician. He, you know, he plays instruments and he's got a great voice and he decided to do a little bit of singing. And I thought, well, why not? I like David. I like his voice. There's nothing else going on here. So let's uh, go ahead, David, have at it. David did a little bit of singing out there. A few of his uh, original songs, a few uh, songs uh, that, you know, you hear on the radio and whatnot. And uh, we just kind of sat there and Within 20 minutes, if not maybe 15, we started hearing a few things, just some odd little noises uh, that we didn't hear earlier. And what really broke everything up was a particular long howl. And we're going to play that long howl for you guys. We got some audio tonight to play for you guys over an extended amount of time. But David Howell and I heard quite a few interesting things in person, both percussives and vocals. David Howell and I, while I was sitting there after he got done singing, a, a very long howl. And if you're familiar with like the Ohio howl, it's eerily similar. Not quite as long, but eerily similar. And so we're going to play that for you. But that was kind of the, the start off for what we heard that night. And we spent about an hour and a half, maybe two hours in this area. 
with the hopes of getting back to the main campsite and hooking up with everybody else. And after that long howl, it's almost like the kickoff. Everything started to happen after that. Five, 10 minutes of that long howl, we got some weird cooing noises, some percussive, some odd like singing stuff, whistle. And we're going to play some of that again for you tonight. What that did for us, uh, you know, we, and we were therming when we didn't pick up anything in this area. I won't say anything was super close to us at that time, but it was some of, the, some of these vocals and stuff were fairly close. Now, after spending a amount of time in there, things kind of died down. Things just kind of died down. So we decided to hike back out and meet up with everybody else and head back to our camp. And we met up with everybody and we kind of went through our experiences, what we heard and whatnot. And we all, uh, between that night and the following day, decided to pack up our camp and head to this new camp because there seemed to be some activity going on in this area. Whereas, you know, the camp we were spending the last couple of nights in, there was not much going on. And there's something special about this particular area. And I know we all got our ideas here and I'll let you guys chime in on that. But this new camp spot, I was really drawn to not just for the, what we were hearing that night, but just the, the overall feeling you get up in this camp spot and it's, it is, it's darker, it's uh, thicker, it's wetter, it's spookier. And to me, I was like, wow, we got to do this. Go ahead, Todd. I just want to say that Kurt, my son, and John Ray, we walked down in there at 4.30 in the afternoon that day. And that place gave me the creeps in the daytime. Remember? <laughs> so that's what get, you guys were so excited to go down in there that night. And I was not feeling it. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. And I, I forgot about that. You're right. You you guys had gone in there previous to, to us going in there because yep. you had heard about this area and you wanted to check it out. And I remember you going, wow, that, that area is just, yeah, that ain't for me sort of thing. And John Ray said, you're going to hike down here tonight and set up your sleeping bags on the ground. You're nuts. He's like, you can, give, you can pay me a million dollars to do it. And he's a BFRO <laughs> investigator. <laughs> Well, the, it's funny because between trying to figure out who was going to come out to that area, which was a, a chore, we eventually gathered a small group to hike out to this area and bring in our gear. And David Howell and I were, we were always in to do cowboy camping. We were just going to sleep in our sleeping bags. I did kind of twist Rebecca's arm. She was going to stay at the, our original camp spot, yet she was going to be alone and that wasn't going to happen. So eventually talked Rebecca into coming out to our new camp spot. And I said, Hey, we're going to cowboy camp. Are you good with that? Otherwise, we have to get our tents together and all that. Jonathan Brown decided to bring his tent, which is quite a large tent. I was impressed <laughs> because, uh, you know, he wasn't into cowboy camping. He, did, he just wasn't interested. I don't think it was a fear factor. He just, he didn't want to cowboy camp. You know, we did eventually all get out to this area. And I know, like you said, Todd, you were him and Hong going back and forth. But, you know, either you're going to stay with Rebecca at the original camp or come out with us. and we talked Rebecca into coming out. So you kind of, and kinda Zachary. Yeah. And Zachary. And, Zachary. Yeah, and your son. So we're going to be alone at the other camp or take our chances and go with other armed men to the new camp. I said, we'll <laughs> go with the armed men. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And I'll go where the guns are any, any day. So hey, you were packing Rebecca. So you were good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was really glad that everybody decided to come to the one camp. There are things to be said about splitting up and camping in different areas, but I thought, man, just let's all get in one area again where we've had some interesting vocals the night prior. 
let's get into this area and camp and see what happens. We all gathered our stuff, went out there. So we all get set up and we get a fire going. I think you know one of the first things we did actually was get a fire going. Jonathan Brown and I, we walk towards the fire and we get on the other side of the fire and we're kind of facing everybody. And as we're, we're standing there, you know, after about five, five or so minutes, we hear like the most crystal clear whoop. I mean, it was just like a whoop. And we just both looked at each other because it came from behind us a, a ways away, but it was crystal clear, classic whoop. And I haven't heard something of that caliber in I don't know how when in person got something like that recorded. But in person, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. We got a, a really good whoop that is very suspicious to the ear. Jonathan Brown and I looked at each other. And I said, hey, we may be in for a good night. You heard it and I heard it. It got me thinking, okay, you know, I need to start thinking about therming. I need to start therming here shortly, which I did. I did for a while. I did therm for a while and then realized that typical, typical, right? I uh, forgot to bring my batteries from our truck, you know, extra batteries. So I start going around the group and going, Anybody here got any, you know, double A batteries? I need this many. And nobody really had. And it was shocking because usually someone's always got batteries. I started emptying flashlights, whatever I had. They just weren't, they were useless. And so, yeah, I thought, well, I got a little bit of juice. I'll kind of save it till later. Now, Todd, when you got out to this camp, what was your initial experience getting out there and setting up? And then Rebecca, I'll I'll shift gears and talk to you about it. First of all, that camp in, in the daytime, like I said, was really creepy in my opinion and the trees the brush everything was really thick and you kind of felt like you're in a fishbowl so going down there at night was even worse i just wanted to get the fire going and get a little bit of light going because it was pretty dark the canopy overhead was thick and i wasn't real comfortable honestly the whole day down there the afternoon going down there and then that night I wasn't real comfortable, especially knowing the audio you guys were hearing the night before. And I know I'm an investigator or a a researcher, right? Quote unquote, but you still can be uncomfortable in the woods. (laughs) Trust me. And we're far from the vehicles. (laughs) Yeah. Rebecca, what was your initial experience going in there? And what were you, what was going through your mind? It was definitely a creepy location. (laughs) Um, We're hiking in there. It's pretty dark and it's overgrown, which was kind of cool but it was uh I wasn't sure what to expect and I hadn't seen it in the daytime so it just going in I kind of didn't really even have a good lay of the land where we were going I was just following you guys <laughs> I'm like okay well they know where we're going and it was dark and creepy but yeah un- unfortunately I didn't hear what you guys were hearing because like I said I was struggling to try to get my setup set up so I had uh the space blanket going. I was trying to get the few batteries I had brought to work right in my recorder that kept dying. But yeah, it, it was an interesting area. It was, you, you could tell with how overgrown it was. And there was a lot of older growth that it was a really great area. I was really excited for trying that out, but I honestly didn't really think anything was going to happen, unfortunately, just because of the last few nights. Right. <laughs> unfortunately, I was a little bit preoccupied with getting my setup set up and I didn't want to be a bother with you guys because that was the first time I'd cowboy camped full disclosure I that was why I was hemming and hawing about going with you because I didn't want to hold you guys up and then I didn't want to be yeah I wasn't sure what the weather was going to be and I I didn't want to be a burden but I'm glad I went (laughs) 
Oh, where I was stoked you went to, and I, and I'll backtrack a little bit. So we did go out to this area and, and set up our camp, but we also did start. We did place a lot of audio out kind of early on. Yeah. So we did. That's why we recorded so a lot of great stuff that night. We did have audio recorders going in this area. Now, I'm pretty sure it was for the majority of the individuals there. There was a few times I kind of walked away from camp to flare and to just kind of listen. For the majority of the individuals there, I don't think anybody really heard much. I know, Rebecca, you went out and David Howitt went out and you guys kind of did a little bit of uh, some vocals, I guess some singing stuff uh, away from camp. And that was after the whoop we had heard. And that wasn't because of the whoop we heard. You guys decided to go out and just kind of see what would happen based on what David Howitt had done the night previously with his singing. Uh, eventually, uh, Todd Hale kind of got into it as well later on in, in the, the later hours. Uh, I don't know if you call it singing. <laughs> Todd's got, Todd's it's got like, it's something. Todd's got a voice <laughs> that I guess would wake the dead sometimes when he gets going. And I don't know if he woke the dead, but he uh, sure seemed to get a response. <laughs> but that was my, that was my samurai chatter. Yeah. Your samurai chatter. Well, I'll tell you what, there might, there might be a lot to be said about that. Neither one of you, Todd or Rebecca, you guys really didn't hear anything until we eventually what kind of, I call the crescendo. No, no, not with just the fire going and st- talking. And no, I didn't hear anything until later on. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of my favorite things to do, and I, I've, I've, uh, this is not my technique per se, something I've actually learned from like Bark Tatino. He wasn't there that night. He was at a different camp spot is that, you know, you have people around a campfire or people in a certain area and you just kind of peel off and flare and get around them. I think there's something so cool about that. And there's a lot of theories and opinions on why you would do that. And I, I tend to agree with Bart on this, but I like to, while everybody is around the camp, campfire talking, peel away and see if anything's watching them. So that was something I was doing periodically. Uh, I would check in on, I would flare David and, and Rebecca kind of doing their singing thing when they would peel away. So basically after that whoop, the whoop that Jonathan Brown and I had heard, I heard a few things, maybe something moving in the brush, but I didn't get anything on flare and I didn't see anything. But later on, as we're getting towards the midnight hour and then later, we, we start, everybody's kind of getting tired, right? We've been, we've been up for days. We've been doing, you know, just a, a bu- bunch of different experiments going to and fro. Everybody's pretty tired. It was a long day. It was a long couple of days. And, and for some of us, a long week. But we start kind of winding it down. And I remember putting some more wood on the fire. And I think around 12, 1240 or so, people started, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's go to bed. Todd, what point in time, there was a certain, and I, I did not include this, this particular clip, but there was some movement, some heavy movement. And I remember you going, hey, Zachary, let's go, let's get in the tent. Do you remember <laughs> that? Let's we, get in the t- Heavy movement. We got, <laughs> oh, Zachary laid down to go to sleep. and. How long was it? Ten minutes later, maybe. There, I'm not. I'm not talking about movement. All right. I'm not talking about the tree fall. I'm not talking about the tree fall. I'm talking about something moving in the woods. Uh, I got the audio. I should have included it, but uh, you got. Sometimes you have a bit of a sailor's mouth, so I kind of could not include that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't actually remember the exact timeline, but we decided to get in the tent definitely after the tree fall. Yeah, that was when everything. Everybody was kind of gearing in to go to bed. We're, I mean, I remember I was getting ready to jump in my uh, sleeping bag. We're all kind of winding down. There's a little bit of chatter. People are just kind of winding it down. And uh, we'll get into it. Let's get into that. So what we did not hear, and we're going to play this audio for you, but what we did not hear 
was the percussives beforehand. All we heard was this tremendous, I mean, tremendous tree crash right behind our camp. Chris actually, I believe, found these percussives after listening. And I think it was off of my audio because I my audio was closest to this tree fall outside of camp. And uh, Chris, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, um, just within 30 seconds of the tree falling, Todd had sang something. And right after he sang it, there was a distant vocalization and a percussive. And then, of course, there was the movement. And just before the tree fall, there was another percussive that was even closer. So there was some stuff going on that you guys did not hear leading up to the tree fall. Go ahead, Todd. Also, um, we don't have the audio clipped here. I don't even have it clipped, but it's in my audio. Uh, about 80, 60 or 80 feet from us at the fire, one of my recorders picked up something walking up to the recorder. It sounds like two heavy footfalls, and then there's silence for about five minutes. And then you hear it walking away in the ferns. And unfortunately, I don't have that clipped here, but it blows my mind. Something walked up and was watching us at the fire prior to all this too oh there was something definitely Which is really creepy <laughs> yeah there was something definitely moving around us and uh observing us no doubt about it when that tree fell you know like, like chris explained todd you had uh made quite an obnoxious vocal <laughs> and and it was maybe 30 seconds maybe just a little bit more and then that tree came down and it was fascinating because Right, like Chris said, before the tree came down, you could hear movement, and then you hear these percussives, and then the tree comes down, and the direction it fell was towards our camp. It was, it was, it was a little ways back, no doubt about it, but it fell towards our camp. And it's a huge tree, huge tree. <laughs> it was dead. It was a dead. I mean, it wasn't a live tree, but no wind. Absolutely stunning night. Uh, later on, it did rain, but great night, no wind, and. Todd, of course, does his uh, usual crazy calls and talk and sing. It worked. It, <laughs> apparently, it worked. <laughs> Let's go ahead and play some of this audio from when David Hout and I were out the, the night prior to uh, the more exciting stuff. Let's go ahead and play that. And, Chris, I know you've helped me go through some of this audio. Let me just preface this. For some reason, I, I was using my DRO5, my Tascam DRO5, and I had it on a weird setting. And so there's there's some background noise, some feedback, but fortunately, you can still hear what we were hearing. Um, it is unfortunate that it's that feedback and that uh, annoying noise, but let's go ahead and play some of this. Let's start out with what we heard originally, David Howe and I did, the uh, long howl. Now, this long howl is looped. Okay, It's looped over and over, so you can listen to it over and over again, but I think you're going to be rather impressed with this. So let's go ahead and play that now. <laughs> All right, Chris, the long howl, 
as we talked about, that's either a human or, or subject or, or target species. Now, I know the group we were in, nobody did any longhouse. We, I pretty much could account for everybody. Uh, what are your thoughts on that longhouse? Yeah, it, like you just said, it's either human or not. But it's too, to me, it's too long to be human. I've yet to hear a human make a call that long. It's, it's impressive. And it's, it's further away. And what's uh, interesting is the other audio that you got after the longhouse the individuals got closer and there there's definitely more than one that got closer to you. Um, you'll hear that um, whoop like clip you're going to play next. That I believe is two different individuals and they are a lot closer to you than that long howl was. That long howl was off in the distance and then they moved up to where you guys were. I concur. Uh, Todd, you got something to say here. Lest anyone think that it's other researchers on this trip were miles away. No, good point. No, good point. We were in a fairly remote area and there was, yeah, that, that wasn't, uh, yeah, it's not an option. Go ahead, Chris. And I'll just add this is Rebecca had a recorder going 24 seven at the other camp you guys had been staying at. And I, I've reviewed that recorder and unbeknownst to you, there was some suspect percussives and vocalizations that you guys never heard that were distant. And this camp, where this is happening at is about three quarters of a mile away from the other camp. So Rebecca had her recorder placed in a perfect spot where she was picking up stuff. And I think our target subjects were actually hanging out at this other camp nearby and checking in on you guys at your original camp on several occasions. Cause I got some suspect knocks when you guys are arriving back to the camp after leaving for periods of time. And uh, there's actually one where Todd and his son Zachary are walking back into camp and Todd's kind of chewing his butt for something. And there's a big knock that's closer to the recorder than them. And you guys never heard that. Well, that's pretty typical. I mean, there a lot of times we don't hear half of what's going out in the woods. Uh, you know, we, we always like to consider ourselves very observant and, and whatnot, but it's amazing what recorders pick up that you don't hear. Uh, to me, I, I just find that, I mean, that's so, that's why it's important to put recorders out as soon as you get to a location and as many recorders as you can to triangulate, but it's just, it's amazing what we don't hear. So I'm going to go ahead and play another vocal that uh, we, David Howe and I not only recorded that night, but heard this is also looped. It, and once again, forgive me for my recorder that night, there is some feedback and you'll hear that. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now. So uh, I forgot to mention there was a percussive in there. <laughs> um, Chris, I, I sent you these audio clips and you kind of uh, took out a little bit of uh, a little bit of noise in there and whatnot. So you can explain that a little bit. So we're honest about these recordings. Yeah. Uh, and all of them, I amplified, especially the long how I kind of I amp had to amplify that quite a bit. Uh, filtering wasn't so bad. Whatever weird setting you had it set on actually filtered out a lot of the background noise. But I did in that particular clip, you guys actually kind of walked on the second vocal. So I did actually remove, I think it was Dave's voice. I removed his voice. Um, so you have the whoop and then an, a response. The one that where I removed the voice in it, that one was further away. 
So there was definitely, in my mind, two different individuals there. And they were close to you guys. I did amp that one a little bit. But that one was actually a lot closer than the long how. Right, exactly. And, and uh, just listening to that particular uh, recording, it, it's I, we got some really neat recordings from this area. That one to me is pretty phenomenal. And then we're going to get into one I, I think is super insane, the one that Kirk recorded. Now I'm going to play for you guys what I call like the crescendo. And it wasn't necessarily the crescendo because what, what transpired later on in camp and around camp, and Rebecca's going to fill us in on some of this because after this tree came down, everybody kind of calmed their nerves and eventually went to bed. Things kind of settled down, though the recorders tell a different story. Recorders tell something still in this area moving around. Let's just go ahead and play this tree fall. And that way we can get into the rest of that night. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. Here we go. All right, so obviously that was a tree coming down. <laughs> Nobody can argue that, right? That's a big tree coming down. And real quick, we did actually find that, you know, it, we went out and investigated the tree next day. And yeah, it was, it was coming right down behind our camp. Not right, right behind our camp, but <laughs> pretty dang close. Now, in that audio, you hear us kind of talking and then the tree comes down. And there are some custom sounds beforehand. But you hear the, re- the honest and natural reaction from everybody in that camp, which... And it's it's longer than that. I had to uh, shorten it, you know, for a lot of reasons. One, there was quite a few um, choice words <laughs> after that tree came down. Like I said, it, it did spoke everybody. I remember thinking in my head, oh, it's game on. That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. It was game on. And, you know, naturally, people were kind of freaking out and jumping up. And, and I kept thinking, okay, everybody, stay calm, stay calm. Because I thought we may miss something. And I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I didn't know where things were going to go. And if everybody's talking at once and freaking out, we're not going to hear or be prepared for what's coming. But Todd and Rebecca, I'll get to you, but Todd, (laughs) when, what were you doing right before? Okay. Obviously you, you had done your little vocal stuff and all that, but when that tree came down, what was running through your mind? What was running through your son's mind? Yeah. Explain that. Cause it was pretty crazy. Well, I basically freaked out. (laughs) I, I thought, holy mackerel, you know, they're here. Here we go with the, the history of that camp and the things that have gone on in that camp. I thought, this is it. This this sucker's coming in. What are we going to do? You know, and I've been in that situation before. And I just started thinking, uh, yeah, we're pretty far from the trucks and we are real far from civilization. If anything like real bad goes on here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was excited and uh, scared and all, all those emotions run through your head in seconds. You know, you must have had some different thoughts going through your head as well, though, because you had your son with you. I mean, so it's not just like, Oh, okay. I'm in trouble. You're probably that, thinking Zachary's that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. My 14 year old son's there. And just the preface this, just the thought of cowboy camping, like we were going to do, I kept thinking of Albert Osman pretty much the whole night. <laughs> you know, I just kept thinking these things are going to grab us. They're going to pick us up. We're going to get drug away or, you know, anything. But 
after the the tree i didn't actually know what i was going to do i just kept thinking can we get out of here or are we going to hang out i thought for sure for sure you'd get it on therm it's seems so close but you know that story yeah, yeah. I thought we were going to get one on, on video or therm or something. Again, been in that situation a few times. And me personally, I don't have that equipment, but yeah, that was, that, that was a <laughs> shame. That was a shame fault there. I, I maybe could have, uh, maybe not. And I'll get into why I think it, it would have been a tough, tough thing to do. Rebecca, that tree comes down. What's run through your mind? Well, according to my audio in camp, I said, I'm done because <laughs> I was just. <laughs> I hadn't slept much in days. And so I was just, I wasn't expecting anything like that to happen. <laughs> we were already so tired and going to bed and it just, yeah, that's what ran through my mind at that moment, I guess, uh, looking back. But I, up until that point, I didn't really, I don't know. It was just same old, same old. And then that happened. We're all excited and you're like, Oh, it's on. And it, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're falling out of sleeping bags, jumping up and, Oh, like you said, looking for, you know, some of us are looking for weapons and yeah, it was, it, it was kind of a unexpected, but cool looking back. I mean, looking back, I'm laughing about it at the time. I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I was really upset that I was cowboy camping and hadn't packed in my tent. <laughs> Not yeah. that's going to help. And yes, the Osman story definitely Todd. That was starting to run through my mind. I wish I'd known you were thinking of that too. <laughs> you always try and put yourself in these situations, but yeah. And I've had people ask me many times, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you get in this situation or if you do see one? And many times I've said, well, I don't know. I don't know. But there we were. And I think we handled it okay, but. I'd probably change a few things looking back, but when you're in the heat of the moment and adrenaline's flowing, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> right. I it's mean, nuts. we're, we're out there. Uh, a lot of us have been out there for quite a, you know, quite a few days, uh, almost, you know, relatively, I mean, really a week, a lot of people traveling, you know, from different areas. So you're, you're physically drained, you're emotionally drained, and then you're ready to call night thinking, ah, you know what? We've heard some interesting stuff, but once again, kind of another quiet night. And then, uh, you get a big kick in the butt, a uh, shot of caffeine and, you know, uh, fear factor and all that. And wow, you're wide awake and you're just like, whoa, what's going on? What are we going to do? And, you know, you kind of freak out, but then you're kind of going like, okay, what am I doing? Therm, this, that, you know, but then things kind of settled down. And eventually I think people are just like, let's, let's go to sleep. Let's get in our bags. Let's get in our tents. <laughs> and we did, uh, Todd, you and Jonathan and, and your son get in in the tent, David Hallett, uh, who actually David Hallett was pretty calm the whole time, at least on the outside, he was pretty calm. I don't know what was going on inside. Well, he's kind of told me, but I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he was a little freaked out, but maybe, you know, he, he was pretty tired. I think he was just like going, I hope for more. <laughs> I don't think he has the experiences we do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point, Todd. That's a great point. But you know, so, you know, we all kind of get back in our sleeping bags I kept getting out and, and Rebecca, you loaned me one of your little flares and I kept trying to look around and I didn't see anything. I mean, I wasn't seeing, you know, usually I pick up mice or something. I wasn't seeing anything. So I, I, I go back in my sleeping bag as well. well I think uh, it wasn't too long before everybody kind of started falling asleep. I was awake. Rebecca, you were definitely awake. We didn't fall asleep anytime soon, but I started hearing, you know, 
the sound offs. People were sleeping, snoring here, snoring there. I think David Hallett fell asleep pretty fairly quick. After that big adrenaline dump and all that excitement, I've heard other people talk about this. Um, after all that craziness, you just pass out. Once, mm-hmm. once the adrenaline's gone, that's what I did. I passed out. I was so tired. And you wouldn't think that you'd be able to go to sleep, but I went to sleep no problem. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. You know, you, these things are out there walking around camp and you just go to sleep. It's, it's weird. Well, let's get in. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Rebecca and I were quite awake and well, for obvious reasons, because not just because of the tree crash, but we were, I mean, I was hearing stuff moving around the woods. I was hearing bipedal footsteps. I could hear this thing moving around circling (laughs) the camp. And I'm like, and so I would get up with the flare and look. And as soon as I got out of my, my sleeping bag, it would stop and I would get frustrated. And that went on for quite a while. And I did, I did doze off a few times and Rebecca would wake me up and go, Hey, it's back. Or it, oh no, 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 not at all. But you did tell me to, to, to wake you if anything happens. So. I did. I said, I'm going to try and stay awake, but if I can't wake me up and you did you two or three times, I forget how many times Two at least two times. And, and I was trying to use your flare because my flare batteries were dead and uh, you know, numbskull didn't bring extra batteries. But at one point the movement in the woods very close to camp was so just so prevalent. And I was like, screw the flare. I just grabbed a, a flashlight and I stood about the sleeping bag and I just started flashing around the woods. I'm like, I'm going to see this sucker. It's, it's right over here. As soon as I get on my sleeping bag and, and I would do stuff like that, nothing, it would stop. Rebecca. So, you know, you woke me up a few times. You were hearing this thing. You were hearing something walk around the woods. I was, I got just to the point of frustration where I know that every time I get on my sleeping bag, and move and stand up, this thing stops or these things stop. I wasn't able to flare anything because every time I get out and my flashlight, same thing, it would stop. It would move off, stop, whatever. I could not see this thing. It was driving me nuts. The same time I knew that we were in a good size group. So as far as fear factor, you know, yes, we're in our sleeping bags, just on the ground. Uh, I've done it quite a few times and I, I'm pretty used to it. And I knew that we were in a fairly good size group. So I wasn't worried about like, say the Albert Osman experience. I was more perturbed in the fact that it's so you know it's one thing to get this up on audio and another thing to tell a story i wanted more and i just couldn't get it at night it was very very frustrating for me but you rebecca i know that pretty much your first time cowboy camping and you're hearing this large thing move around the woods that wasn't that's not all that happened you actually saw something after i had fallen asleep i was probably snoring and you woke me up you told me that you saw something and it walked from point a to point b So stay tuned for part two as we delve further into some of the strange occurrences that took place in southwestern Washington.
thank you for joining Monster X Radio. 